Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Babe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the rest of my holy trinity, the rest of the K-Babe crew, Mr. Jesse Baker, Mr. Wex, breaking the loss, and boys, how we living today. Doing quite well, quite well. Excited to uh, do a little bit of a different show this week. It's always fun to change things up from time to time. Wexley, how are you living? Oh, I'm living nice, living easy. Got me a nice brewski right here. Got me a bolski right here. Doing pretty uh, solid. And, dude, last night was so fucking good. I can't wait to talk about it. Holy fuck. Holy shit. Yes, indeed. I am super, super hyped for this. Man, we actually, okay, so we literally changed our regularly scheduled programming, and this is the first time ever in the history of the show that we're not only covering um, just a TV special, but only one show, the first time literally ever. Um, so I am uh, I'm pretty hype on this because I feel like everything on here deserves... Um, deserves it man i'm i'm super hype about this okay before before we go any further i want to talk about the state of the business as it is we're going to get to breaking down um we're going to get to breaking down the show itself um but surprise i know if, if you notice something new it's it's friday it's not saturday we're actually moving the show to friday mornings because we want to give you guys every week our rampage picks okay so that's 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 the new thing that's happening right now um, guys, how you feeling about the format change? Kind of like shifting a little bit, cover a little bit more AEW on a regular basis. Jesse, I'm definitely stoked. Just you know, as with anything else, finding the time to get on here and talk about the glory that is AEW Dynamite on a timely fashion. But hey, man, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We still do some nostalgia show comparisons from time to time. You know what I mean? Yes. Of course, of course, of course. We'll try to throw some nostalgia in there as much as we possibly can. I definitely I mean this will be a rare occasion where there's only one show. We will have most of the time be covering at least two shows. So that's that's exciting. Wex, how you feeling about, you know, maybe shifting, moving, moving a day early, a little moving to Friday's a little little competition with old Bruce Pritchard there whenever he shows up, you know? Oh, well, you know, you know, Bruce, he, it ain't the same old Bruce these days, but he ain't, he ain't got nothing on us. But no, I'm uh, AEW, obviously my favorite promotion right now fucking hype love to talk about it and it's nice to get these little rampage picks and predictions yeah super hype as you can tell on tiktok all ever post about is aw it's aw baby you see the hat he's wearing yep i'm 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 super pumped about it for sure i am super pumped about it for sure there's some other stuff going on in pro wrestling i want to give a big shout out to good friend of the show here alex kane who is going to be making his fusion debut here pretty soon so hype to see that shout out alex kane um, and speaking of things that are going to be on Vice, um, things that are on Vice right now, we got to talk about it, boys. It's the the chatter of uh, the IWC right now. It was the Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, the plane ride from hell, and the backlash that it is receiving right now. It is uh, it's something. Wex, how you? What what'd you think? What's your take? Did you have you seen the show yet? Yes, I saw the show the day it came out, and my take is, I mean, shit. Most wrestling fans knew about this whole thing before, but the only thing that's really bad about it is the way Tommy Dreamer looked and kind of the stuff that he said. And uh, I don't know if it was creative editing because RVD stated on Twitter that some of the stuff they made it seem like he said, he said he didn't really say, and this is what he actually said. Like he said, no, I never said I wanted to see Ric Flair fucking naked. He's <laughs> like, I never, yeah. I don't want to see Ric Flair's dick, but they made it seem like that's what he said, but... 
And RVD did state he never saw Ric Flair forcefully t- like t- make anyone touch his penis, but he did stand in that little area for like a few minutes where she couldn't get past him. So, so that's pretty much what we heard before. So all I'm saying is that we've known about this shit. Ric Flair's done some fucked up shit. I'm pretty sure he's owned up to it and talked about it plenty times before this. But Tommy yeah. Dreamer, you can't compare sexual assault to your ponytail. No. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, definitely can't do that. I mean, I like, like I'm not trying to be apologetic towards Tommy Dreamer at all. I can understand his positioning, though I vehemently disagree with him. I understand what he was trying to accomplish. Uh, he just failed miserably at it. It just wasn't. Um, it was not handled well at all. Um, I think that this is more. I don't think this is like cancel Tommy Dreamer because this is like words that he said. And look at Sammy Guevara. I mean we're kind of comparable there to be completely honest and the dude's doing fine. But I do think it's time for uh Tommy to take a powder and just stay away for, you know, a month or two or three or however long it takes. And I'm sure he'll, he'll be back, you know, at the bottom where he's been for the past couple of years anyway. <laughs> um, but Jesse, your thoughts on the show, how you feeling Ric Flair, the whole vibe. I mean, you know, obviously Tommy put his foot in his mouth, pretty something fierce, you know, it, it, it's, kind of surprising in a way and then not surprising in another. And, uh, I, I think, you know, there is every chance that what he said was taken out of context in terms of the interview. I mean, if you're sitting and you're giving wrestling interview and getting clipped, that just depends, but you gotta be smarter than that, man. I mean, the fact that that came out of his mouth is enough. Um, the obviously didn't paint flair in the best light. And we got to keep in mind, yes, wrestling fans knew this, but the entire point of this show is to appeal to a wider fan base than just wrestling fans. And I know that this format, especially wrestling fans with significant others and things, this format definitely appeals to people that wouldn't normally give two shits about any professional wrestling or its history. So if you take that point of view for a split second, it's like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, this is just like a, a bunch of sexual predators flying around on planes trying to rape stewardess, and you're this is what you like? Like, uh... So I, I think in a lot of ways that that was, you know, the part of it that maybe we as long life or lifelong, easy for me to say, fans may kind of sweep under the rug a little bit. I don't know that any of this Internet chatter has focused enough on like Lesnar, for example. Yeah. And That's what I was going to say the configuration of, you know, apparently. So there were like a number of these flights where stuff like this happened. Like anytime they went to Europe during this period of time, they were chartering planes with open bars and refilling the bars when they ran out. And, you know, they learned their lesson, obviously, but it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of these stories didn't happen on the same flight. And then, you know, there's all this stuff about everybody talking about Vince being there. And now everybody's like, dude, he was not on that flight. And like Vince and Linda were on a separate flight. They weren't even present. And so you start getting into that and you're like, Listening to even JR's testimony, and I'm like, you know what, buddy? You were also seven, eight hours on the ground in a plane with an open bar, and we all know Captain Ross likes his mules. So, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of whose recollection can you really trust in this instance? Exactly. No, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, they were all on fucking GHB. Like, <laughs> yeah. they were doing that recreationally. Like, and yeah, house let's gone, get- dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that stuff, like, yes, dude. And I mean, yeah, including I mean, Terry Runnels. She was a fucking, like, noted wreck. That entire mm-hmm. period of time. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think that another thing swept under the rug a lot is her uh, don't sell it comments. Because, out, again, outside of wrestling, 
Like that would have meant one thing even inside of wrestling in 2001 that it doesn't mean now. But like, <laughs> yes, 100 percent. I agree. That's even inside the industry, but outside the industry in 2021, like that concept is severely detrimental to this like bastion of WWE attempting to save their ratings, Brock Lesnar, who they just brought back in for the umpteenth time. And there, there are a lot of parts of it. If you look at who was interviewed and what the context of those interviews were, there were a lot of it that did come off a little hit PC to me. And I love this show historically. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they were trying to do anything but tell the truth. But like, it's tough when you have no one from the other side to have any kind of like, hey, maybe there's a different context to think about what happened. Now, I'm not talking about the flair thing. I'm talking right. about general. The yeah, flair yeah. thing. No. That was, you know, whether he made her grab his dick or not, if you're blocking the way and, like, forcing anybody to be in the presence of your naked ass or whatever, like, that's a that's already way, 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 way over the line. Like, imagine if that was your daughter or your wife or your sister. Of course. Or, you know what I mean? Fuck that shit. No, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I mean, I don't think anybody is defending the action. And I think that if you are that kind of person, um, listen, I, I think that. I think I can speak for all of us when I say like none of like you can't Ric Flair is is known as Ric Flair. He's known as he's none of this is surprising from him, but that doesn't make it excusable. If that yeah. makes sense. Like 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 100%. yes, like we we understand that this, this is to us this is that we know this is Ric Flair and maybe that's kind of sad, maybe that we've just grown numb to it. But also like culture changes to be totally honest, like in 2002 this sadly would not be this would be a non-story i mean it was like a story on the internet but i mean as far as like in in the mass media even if this yeah, had come the out stories, then even then I, the stories on the internet were more about the people that got let go right like yeah it, yeah 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 oh yeah 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 cutting the ponytail and you know and the mr yeah, perfect stuff definitely, definitely not acceptable for rick flair to do but i will say that he's like you know he's like tried to own up to this shit since this has happened and he's been sued several, and all this other shit several times. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not saying that it's it's not okay, and he definitely shouldn't have done it, but he's at least paid some type of price, some type of consequence for it, sure, in some way, sure. Definitely not to the fullest extent. I'm not even saying definitely yeah. not yeah. to the fullest extent that he should have been. Right. Yes, agreed. But uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, let's keep it rolling definitely. here. Let's get to the actual show. Um, we just watched possibly uh, one of the best two-hour wrestling shows that I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's. It is definitely in the top three best television shows I've ever seen in my life, um, as far as wrestling goes. Um, I, I don't know if I can give it number one, but damn, it was it was really really close. It's AEW Dynamite. It happened uh, two nights ago. As you're listening to this on Friday, um, wow, man, it's um, man. I, I, first of all, it's nice that they were listening and that they uh, they changed their set for a TV special. I really appreciated that. We really appreciate them uh, giving us a follow. And uh, Tony, if you're out there, we appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, it made it special, and I loved, I loved that. Um, what did you guys think about the opening, the set? Uh, I mean, I guess the package was pretty much the same as a normal Dynamite, but the set looked significantly different. Jesse, where were you at on it? It was very smart of them to start the way they did. I, the crowd was absolutely, I mean, I don't care who you are, if you're scrolling through channels or if you're a lifelong fan of mm-hmm. the industry, you see that reaction and like the size of everything and that yeah. electricity coming through and fucking Jim Ross entering, you know, I, like, yeah, he was on his game too. Gave it that huge feel. Yeah. I thought it was great. 
Yeah. Wex, what do you think about the uh, the opening package and like the uh, the new set? Or maybe it's just a. Just I, I love it, dude. Yeah. I thought it was great, dude. The LED board, <clears throat> the LED ramp is definitely like a nice addition. And I kind of like how they just set it up just a little bit different. You kind of have to for that big of a venue. Yeah. But what made it look extra sick is that the fans were even behind the set. And yeah. I feel like you only ever see that at like big pay per view, like WrestleMania type shit. Like, yeah. big. Yeah. And this is like, I mean, even though this is a TV special, this is WrestleMania big, like fans wise. Like this is fucking nah. twenty thousand people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not WrestleMania insane. big, but and that's a shoot, big. like a shoot twenty thousand, not um, you know, yeah. an inflated twenty thousand. Like, sure. And dude, just like the magnitude of that, just like you said, Jr. in the opening, like it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. Oh man, it's Damn, uh. Just, yeah, I mean, I will say too, like, I don't know if he like was taking his Vivance or whatever, but like he was, this Dude. is the best, and maybe he just needs he it. Maybe he needs that, that energy, but like he was just he significantly the, better. He said he has the passion again. He said that all out. He said all out gave him that. He said it's not like he lost the passion, but he said all out brought him back to where he used to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, yeah, and I think the crowds too. I mean, the crowd. The crowds were so hype, and uh, that's going to bring us to the first match here. Let's just dive right into it, knock it right out of the park. It's Brian Danielson, uh, the American Dragon returning, versus Kenny Omega. And what is it, like a 16-year rematch? Wasn't that like 05 the last time they wrestled or something like that? 05 or 06, something like that. My goodness. Good Lord. The crowd is so loud. I mean... And the sustained pop. I don't think I've ever heard a pop like that for a lockup in my life. Like the lockup, the crowd just like erupted. And I don't I don't think I've ever heard that for a even even like Hogan Rock, like there wasn't a pop for the lockup. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, they I didn't mean, have it until the middle of the match in Hogan Rock. And then I mean like there, was, there was a pretty similar electricity in another one of the craziest matches I can think of audience wise, which was Punk Cena, which is more about yeah. it being in Chicago, but yeah. It was this even still was more like, in my opinion, way more tangible. Oh, absolutely. Like way, way louder. Wex, the crowd, the third man in this match. What do you think about it? Seriously, one of the greatest crowds I've ever heard or seen on TV, period. And like, and I know even on TV didn't do it justice because I've seen videos of people like people's phones and shit that were there. And it's out fucking rageous. Like. I really wish Definitely. somehow I could have been a part of that because, like, I told you, I said it was going to be monumental. It was going to be historical. And uh, and it definitely was. Let's actually get into the match, man. Um, again, the, the energy of the crowd completely made this. I mean, because to be totally honest, for the first 10 minutes of the match, I mean, no lie, the first 10 minutes, it's pretty much chain wrestling and chops and kicks. Like, like could you imagine, like, this thing, right, just think about it. Just think about it one year ago. This would if if this had to have happened, it would have been no crowd. This match, bell to bell, their performance would have had to have been significantly different. Yeah, because like yeah. if you don't have that crowd and you see this, you're like, oh man, this match kind of sucks. Like it doesn't live up to my expectations. They're not really doing much. They're not even actually wrestling. It's not even really brawling. It's just like these like chain moves and some rest holds and some chops and kicks here, and that's pretty much it. But dude, that's all they had to do, and the crowd dude. was so hype like i mean i would say that the crowd alone deserves at least 50 percent of the of the rating that i'm going to give it 
Um, I will also what I noticed, too, about the actual belt to boat work was that Danielson for the first half, like during his quote unquote shine is kind of working like a heel. Like he's got him in like a submission and is like yanking on his nose. And like, I mean, just a lot of like just the disregard for the referee, like, but he's just so over that you can't, I don't know. Maybe they're planting a seed there though. Maybe I'm not sure. It was a great back and forth, dude. I mean, I don't know what else to say as far as like the movements. It was so stiff, the moves itself, the maneuvers. I'm not sure really how much I can focus in on that, but dude, some of the bumps were so, so crazy. Um, some crazy neck bumps for sure. It was a classic. It's a classic already. It's a phenomenal match. Um, I actually love the draw to me. Um, I, I know a lot of fans are like really salty about it. And to me, it's like, if you, if you don't understand the draw, I don't know how you can, you're, I don't know how you can really call yourself like a true wrestling fan. Cause like, that's the best way to give the fans what they want. Give them a great wrestling match between these two guys, but literally not kill one ounce of the heat in the storyline because you're still at square one. You know what I mean? Not only that, but you've both, you've shown that like not either guy had an upper hand. Not really. You know what I mean? Pretty much Danielson, the first half and then Omega, the second half incredible match. I will say though, I cannot give it six beers because of a draw. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I gave it five and six eighths beer, like literally all but like a foamy drop. And it's just because of a draw because I can't live with myself to say that I gave a draw six beers. So I won't do it. Um, Jesse, where are you at on this match? man? So I also went five. Well, I went five and three quarters, um, but my reasons were different. I'll just get the bullshit, the bad shit out of the way first, I guess. Um, at least for me. There were a few too many spots that were very, like, obviously telegraphed. And the two that I thought of the most as I was watching it that took me out of it were, like, Kenny's first diving senton to the outside. Danielson is, like, it's, like, I always refer back to this, but it's, like, watching one of those Dragon Ball moments. Yeah. Where somebody's waiting on a fireball and his arms were just out. And I think, like, Camera work could have helped a lot with that. It's not necessarily on the talent, but I do think not being in the ring for a little while, the WWE kind of style to make sure like there's a lot more safety. There's a lot less of that Japan thing right now. I think that that gets overcome very quickly, but I think it's there. And then that avalanche dragon was very like, you know, you could kind of see a talk and like, I'm lifting myself up and getting myself, you know, it was just, it was very, I don't know. Those two things kind of took me out of it a little bit. And for the avalanche dragon, it was such a big fucking spot that I was disappointed to see it that way. And the only other thing that really bothers me about this is like, I'm a little weird about Danielson's initial presentation here. Like the, he's ba- I mean, it's, it's copycat WWE gear, which I think is an interesting choice. I feel like a reinvention situation makes a little bit more sense than to go back to the original color, back to the original. I mean, it looks almost identical to the, like the longer running gear that he had there. I fucking hate the intro music. I just don't think it's hype. Like there's something about him coming out in the crowd, just burning up that like gets the minute that the fucking horn intro goes off and it goes into that, like trill hop song is kind of, to me, it, it, it really does his entrance a disservice. Like he's just coming out kind of like wrestler B, like nobody picked the entrance part of this guy. They just picked yeah. all the moves, you know? Yeah. And, that being said, I nobody can say a goddamn word about not only the bell-to-bell work outside of the couple of things that were a little telegraphed, but I understand why, but also just what like their ability to feed into the crowd. And I, you can see this hybrid of 
that faster athletic, what we might call a pure style and a more Japanese style. And with Kenny, definitely he kind of that main event WWE style too. There was a lot of it. I thought, yeah, yeah. I also like you. I fucking love the draw. I thought it made all the fucking sense in the world. Um, the biggest thing to me, normally I hate to draw, but I hate it even more the way it's usually done in AEW where there's like, we have five minutes. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like yeah. you just they didn't do that here. Commentary yeah. said something 45 seconds out, but the crowd couldn't hear that. So the right. crowd's still there. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, they like when the bell rang, there was this audible like, what the fuck kind of situation going on from the crowd. I thought that added a ton to the match. Like I said, 5.75 for me. Solid stuff. Wex, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. How much cream was in your pants last night? Well, of course. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm a mark or whatever, but I fucking <laughs> went six beers all the way on this match. I was in my room by myself yelling at the TV like a fucking Titans game, like fucking watching like people yeah. score touchdowns. Like Kenny Omega's V-trigger that he ran down the ramp yeah. And, like, launched into – that was one of the most beautiful fucking things I've ever seen on TV in a wrestling match in my life. And I, I and I know Jesse pointed out the few things that were kind of telegraphed, but, like, at that point, I was just, like, so giddy and, like, ah, like I, I just didn't give a fuck. I was just ready to see some fucking action. That was kind of the, towards the beginning of the match with that first one with the dive. Yeah. And the fucking dragon suplex. I mean, you knew it was coming because he blocked the first one. So it was, yeah. even though it was telegraphed, it's like I knew it was coming. So it didn't really take me out that that bad on that one. But, dude, bell to bell, dude, just like you said, just kicks and chops and shit. But just Danielson's intensity, just the way he looked, like, it's, I, I could, I, the whole reason he's doing the thing where he's the heel, like the heelish kind of borderline stuff. It's, I don't know. It's kind of just, I think he's, that's just his American dragon trying to bring that old shit back to where he's just kind of like a ruthless and brutal Brian Danielson and not the happy guy. I think Brian Danielson's probably like, he probably had all this brand new gear made up and he was like, well, damn it. Now punk's wearing the long boys. I guess I just gotta go back to these <laughs> <Yeah>. old tights. <laughs> I could hey, never see know. Danielson in long boys though. Like this is going to sound weird to say as a uh, heterosexual dude, but like, Punk's body kind of fits the long boys. Just the way yeah, I agree. Danielson, not at all. That would make him look way shorter than he is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, as long as Danielson, is he just needs to go back to the all burgundy year with nothing on it, just the classic William Regal. I disagree. If you're going to come out with no entrance gear at all to this, like, very chill, hey, let's smoke some weed music, then yeah, probably so, because your whole fucking aesthetic could just be boring. I think... They need to insert some other color in that motherfucker. Not crazy. Just a couple other things. Just a little, just a differentiation is all I'm asking for. And then like, I know they won't change the music up now, but fuck, it bothers me. I, I don't, don't, I like his music. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the music actually. Yeah. I don't hate it. I mean, it's just the, I mean, literally the song just says, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. I mean, how can you not like that? <laughs> the crowd hears those horns and they start going with the yes thing. And then it's just like, all right, everybody Dropped calm down. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, right, oh, yeah. They, hey, they, hey, they, hey, now. Oh, hey, uh, and a uh, point to that, they zoomed into a fan holding a yes sign during his entrance. So it's like, yeah. is that like a big fuck you to Kevin Dunn? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck oh. you, teeth. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, so after the match, 
Um, there, the CM Punk promo was great. I thought, um, I, I liked that he's starting to lean into getting back into the character. Like, I feel like up until now, it's kind of been like Phil Brooks gets a nice grand return. Um, and he's just so grateful and I love you, April, but it's like, we're really just seeing the real guy, but this is the first time since we've seen him. And I know it's been, it's still fresh, but like it's the first time since we've seen him, um, kind of becoming CM Punk again, like really being in a story in the storyline. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I also liked how he's obviously listening to the show. I know that I had been tweeting about how he's got to lose those dad shoes. Um, and clearly he's been listening because he had some awesome kit game, you know, like he's Wednesday night. Really? Vans. What are you talking about? No, he has not been wearing Vans, bro. He has been wearing like Skecher dad, like wear while you mow the grass shoes straight well, up. Well, I'm going to trust Daniel first, on this one. <laughs> his, his first two appearances he had on Vans. I know that. Mm, maybe maybe the first one. But I know he had some straight up dad ass shoes on like the past couple times. with like blue jeans that were like. Literally straight out of like 1994, like the just stovepipe jeans. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you don't have like we know you're old, but damn, you don't have to show the young bucks. They got they know what's up with the shoes. Golly, wasn't just it. I don't know. It's the only thing that bothered me. But he looked great. Although the shirtless with the zip up hoodie, little weird, little weird, little weird. That's wrestler, dude. That's wrestler. He's probably going to Furnace Fest too, bro. Like, oh yeah, he probably <laughs> is. He probably is going to Furnace Fest. I would not be surprised. I would not I'm be trying surprised. To get ready, you know what I mean? Jesse, what do you think about this promo, this CM Punk vibe? Uh, it's nothing less than an A plus plus, dude. You know the 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 one note that I made the whole time is that obviously he's gotten this masterful way, and it only came about in WWE. I mean, his promos pre WWE were the absolute shits. Like, yeah, we're not they very were good. so bad, but. Like any of that TNA stuff, God, awful. Real but bad, real bad. You get to the E, he gets a little bit of balls behind him, gets to a point where he knows the audience is there, and took this whole other swerve. And he's now a master of owning every applicable second from an audience that's reacting. Yeah. To yeah. And it's just proof positive of that here. Also, I have watched a little bit of Raw and a little bit of SmackDown and a little bit of NXT mostly only the hyper moments after they happen. And, buddy, that crowd reaction is nothing compared to what this crowd was like for CM Punk. Yeah, it was insane. I would agree. But, I mean, it's so close. I mean, it's so close. Like, it's just, I mean, not not to mention, like, so close as in, like, the vibe, but also so close in time. Like, it's only been, like, what, six weeks of CM Punk being here? Like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just it's crazy. AEW is single-handedly saving wrestling, and I have no problem saying that out loud. Um, Wow, man. Wex, what do you think about that promo? Like, it was solid, and just kind of like Jesse said, and you said, it was a little different, and I like how, even though the crowd was getting them hyped, he was still like, fuck you, Hobbs. You're trying to take this away from me. He kind of turned, gave that little bit of attitude. I like that. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup on tomorrow, today, if you're listening to this. Today, today, and we'll get to that prediction. We'll make that later. We'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later, everyone, there, boy. Um, Yeah, match number two. We're only at match number two, guys. I'm so hyped. Um, It's MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. And, listen, I will say that I feel like in order to have this match – Without, without, they pretty much hot shotted this angle without having to really hot shot the angle. They spent the right amount of time on the TV shows to make it mean something without it just being a way to get both guys on TV. Um, and also without it taking up too much television time. And I was 
really impressed with this match too. Like having to follow that opening match had to be super intimidating, especially when like between both guys, there's like less than 10 years combined in the, in the business. Like that's, that's crazy. Like, so, I mean, I felt like this was an old school WCW match in the best of ways. Like it wasn't nearly as up tempo or as hard hitting as the, as the uh, Danielson and Omega match, but it really didn't have to be. Um, it was a good old school match. The crowd was into it. The psychology was there. Um, and it was impressive to me because there really isn't a true veteran leader to lead the match. But both these guys made it work. And arguably last year, I don't think Pillman or honestly MJF belt to bell would have been able to have this kind of match. I think that they've learned and grown so much just in the past year from working on darks and elevations and all that, and all that kind of thing, especially Pillman, um, man, like I was pretty impressed, dude. It, it's not anywhere near the opener. Um, but still a damn good match. I gave it three and three quarter beers. I was very, very, very oh, impressed okay. by this one compared to what, um, compared to what I, I honestly anticipated. So Wex, I'm going to come back to you, man. What did you think about MJF versus Brian Pillman jr. Here? I enjoyed this match. The crowd, uh, I feel like, was not so hot. Like, MJF was more over as a heel that Brian For was sure. over as a babyface. Like, Absolutely. He kind of really didn't give a fuck when he did stuff. But he, like, but work rate, though, he was fucking great. And it just, MJF just could do, he's hated so much. He can just do subtle little things and just, like, when the crowd's not into it, to get him right back into yeah. it because he just, he has it. He, like you said, not only bell to bell as he learned, just, Dude, the way he can command a crowd with yeah. not having a crowd for yeah. which is crazy to think because he's so fucking like I don't know, crazy. He's young, but he yeah. knows what the fuck he's doing. He he just has it, you know. Yeah, when absolutely. It comes to that shit. Some people you can't really teach it. He's one of those yeah. dudes I think just naturally has that shit. But yeah, I went three and a half beers. Like I thought it was great. Pillman, that was one of his best bell to bell matches. And like yeah. you said, it was that classic old school psychology. He worked on the arm, finally worked yeah. on the arm. But I mean, yeah, like you can't can't say anything bad about it. Like it was solid. Yep, I totally agree. Jesse, where are you at on this one? MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. The biggest thing to me about MJF is just the little things, man. And I I have to disagree with the idea of the veteran part because veteran doesn't necessarily just mean time. And one of the main things that I disliked about this match, we have seen MJF in main event pictures and against main event talent with AEW pretty much since the junk. And it, it, I mean, arguably, obviously not Sammy or whatever, but outside of that, like, I don't know. To me, this hurts where he's at in my eyes in terms of the company. I felt like this was like, we need something to get Pillman up there, but it kind of came out of nowhere and it came off of MJF in this huge situation with Jericho. And like, Maybe the whole thing is that losing to Jericho took him down a notch and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I could see you painting it that way, but it just doesn't seem like a strong presentation to me. And a lot of Pillman's in-ring work, I couldn't help but notice, seemed like it was like laggy or slowish or like there was something that made me feel like he wasn't ready for that spot. And I, I agree with the psychology of the match. I agree with what they did. I thought there were some very well-timed spots. I really, really, really thought... Uh, that interaction situation with Julie Hart worked well, which is kind of surprising because I don't really, I haven't paid any attention to her being around at all, but I thought the way that they timed that and how it played into everything else was Good. pretty yeah, well done. I agree. Yeah. Ultimately for me, it was only a two and a half, which is still not like trash by any stretch of the imagination. No. It was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, 
they could have benefited from some more time, and I don't see why this happened now. I mean, I think they both. I think they were trying to cap, still trying to capitalize on the dark side hype that Pillman most certainly did have coming off. I think. I think it's too late. I think it already has cooled off personally. But I think that's what they were trying to do. And obviously, you want to keep. I mean, obviously, you want MJF on the show. He is yeah. arguably, you know, your your heel too. I mean, he's. He, I mean, he's. It, 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 if not the best heel, working heel in the business right now, he's number two at number three at, at the very worst. Uh, you got to have him on the I show. Gotta say, I, I, I think he's the best one, dude. I mean, yeah, I, like, I agree. I agree. I mean, if there's a there's a chance for me and I'll do just short fantasy here. But there's a chance for me that if they can stack this up with some other second, third something generation folks. Yeah. And make that into a thing where Pillman has his own, or MJF has like his own labors situation, where he's outnumbered by a bunch of faces because he's like insulted one of the legends of the business. And let's say, I know they're not going to, but let's say they brought in a David Hart Smith. Right. You know? and well, he's like, signed with WWE now. Yeah, he's signed with WWE. I know that's what I'm saying. I know that that's yeah. not going to happen, but I'm saying somebody like that, or anyone in that vein, it doesn't like even have Cody to be Hall or something like that. Yeah, like Cody yeah. Hall. He's, is he still wrestling? I, I thought think he, so. He was in all Japan, right? Yeah, I think he's still. I think he like it like is permanently living in Japan. Yeah, like I think he like like is like a part timer in Japan. Like I'm pretty sure he ended up marrying a Japanese woman and like is just gonna live the Japan life or something weird. <laughs> so he's machine um, Carl Anderson. Yeah, but like the other way around, like just stay there, like <laughs> stay. I in mean, Japan. he did stay there for years until they moved here. So yeah, there are a handful of people though. I mean, I you know that. There are options for multi-generational wrestlers or pe- even people that have relationships with Pillman Sr., you know? I yeah. mean, there, there are a lot of different things that could be done there. Totally. Maybe they come back in and kind of build it up against MJF in that way and we can get a bigger payoff between these two guys. I just hope that, like, Pillman, I don't know. I, I just, He needs a little bit more experience in some light and to get that pacing for me. Well, I think it would actually be a natural progression, too, if I can do a little bit of fantasy booking. When you said second generation, it made me think of, like, new faces, too. Um, and if you do are a fan of MLW, if you've watched any of their stuff, I think the Von Erics would be a great tag team to come into AEW and have Brian Pillman Jr. kind of head that up, and that be kind of a, you know, opener to mid-card little stable. I think that that would be better. I don't see Griff Garrison as anything ever. Um, nope. I just I don't think he he doesn't have the physique. He doesn't have the charisma. His work, his bell to bell is decent. Maybe he'll end up as a great trainer or as like a Johnny Ace type person. Maybe better bell to bell than Pillman, but that, that may I disagree. Full, I don't think he has the look at all, man. Yeah. He just looks awkward at everything he does. But that Von Erichs thing, they also have the dark side of the ring tie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And one of yeah. these days, once he trains up, you could, old, uh, you could get old David Benoit, who just announced that he's going to participate in the business officially now. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a mistake for sure. I feel like he's gonna regret that. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate this. That's a mistake for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's just it's a maybe bad he doesn't idea. use the name. Uh, but I mean, fault, fault, you can't blame. How do you not use him. the name, dude? How do you, you not? Fucking, that's his I'm not name, fault, dude. I'm not faulting him. I'm not faulting him. I'm I can't not, blame him for wanting to do it, dude. I'm just saying, like, I think that. And here's the I'm thing. I'm just like, saying it's not a good idea. I I understand why he wants to do it, but it's a bad idea. Mark my words, write it down. This is an awful idea. Yeah, well, we'll it's see. a redemption story for the legacy of the family. It could be a whole fucking special. <sighs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. No, I seriously, should. can't fault David Benoit for something that happened on one night of his father's life. 
Oh, my God. Let's keep it going. Uh, the next thing that we get on the television show is Jericho and Hager uh, cutting a, actually a pretty solid promo. Hager's usually notoriously awful on the mic. Uh, he was at least decent and did his first half pretty well, and then Jericho yeah. took it over. Uh, Jer- it was it was a solid promo. It wasn't anything to write home about, but it was solid. I thought it was a weaker Jericho promo, to be honest, on the weaker side. It's off the cuff. It's like a. It's like what they got. Maybe a minute. Maybe maybe two. If if at all. Right. That's here too, because like I thought Jericho's part was fucking stellar, and I really thought Hager's part sucked. <laughs> oh, so we're all split. On I thought that. it was okay. all decent at best. We're we're all we're three bears on this one. Okay. Yeah. We'll just we'll just stick in the middle and call it something. Uh, let's go to uh, match number three here, though. It's Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Um. Okay, was it me or did like Malachi look like he had like was hiding like he was trying not to sell a limp? Did you guys notice that? Like I noticed it in his entrance and then a little bit during the match. Yeah, but like I noticed it during the like the intro and maybe I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe maybe he is working a little. I'm not saying he's injured, but I'm not trying to like put that out there. But to me, I just looked like he was limping on his right side a little bit. I noticed I it. Know. I just thought it was part of the program. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, I, I like that Cody was getting booed from the jump, actually. I, I'm a big – I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm hyped for the possibility of heel Cody, especially if he just kind of keeps doing what he's doing and pretends like he's a good guy. I think that that's going to be the best way to be a new version of, of heel Cody as opposed to, like, the Bullet Club cocky asshole guy. Um, I mean, especially with the Homelander gear. Got to love it. I love that show so much. I can't wait for season three. Um, yeah, dude, Cody's going to be a massive heel though. Um, I mean, people can say what they want about the dude too, but the match itself, bell to bell was great. The interference was great. The only thing that worried me was the arm slip. It was scary. Um, I mean, I don't know. You just hear him talk on his podcast about getting popped on the back and it's like, dude, he straight up took a curtain, like a apron bump. Like he, he bumped from the apron to the ground. Um, and he got back up, and he—I mean, you could definitely tell that he was trying not to sell it. Um, but man, I did—I loved the seed that was planted there too. Um, I really hope we get to see Tully and Arn with FTR. I feel like that is just—it's too good to be true. And I—I I, I, anyway, the match itself was great. Uh, I feel like all the storyline options were also great. I gave it four and a half beers. Very much enjoyed this one. Jesse, where are you out on Cody versus Malachi part two, I guess now? I kind of thought that I, for whatever reason, after the way that they built into this, I was expecting like not to love it for some reason. And I, I really couldn't tell you why. I just wasn't excited yeah. about it. But in watching the match, I was completely captivated the entire time. I mean, I like I thought that it was expertly done by both guys. I love the fact that not only were they booing Cody, but they were cheering, cheering. like a motherfucker yeah. for Black. And part of that, I'm not so sure that that isn't all Cody. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? No, I think he's a genius, dude. I think he's an actual wrestling genius. It, it, it really, to me, just the way they worked the whole thing, the progression into working the leg was really naturally done in terms of how they got there from the beginning of the match. The uh, I, I knocked some points off. I hated the Brandy interference thing. I thought it took away a lot. I really did. Like, uh, it's just one of those things that I don't know. I just fucking did. Oh, the middle finger thing. Yeah. I hate that. That is 100% for their TV show. That is 100%. 
for the TV well, show. Of course it is. But my, my thing about it is like how many times we see Cody and Brandy come to the ring together and she is a centerpiece for at least some part of the fucking match. It's every time. Every time. Done. And it's just I I just fucking hate it. And like that's the one knock that I ever, could ever have on AEW from time to time is that there's things like that that I just know are gonna happen that I don't want to fucking see, and they do. They Relentless kept her in a Renee Young role. She was great at that. She really yeah. was. I remember when people loved Brandy, and it's like she just doesn't belong in the ring. Could you imagine? Like okay, people love Renee Young, right? Could you imagine if WWE had made her get in the ring and she was just utter garbage and tried to cut oh, promos God. and she was utter garbage? People, yeah, exactly. People would hate her. Like, and so it's almost like, dude, like you are really hurting Brandy the more you put her on TV. Like, people want to like her. She's a, it seems like a likable person, but she also seems like she should be nowhere near a wrestling ring. I also think that it seems to me, you know, Cody was talking about politics before. It seems to me like the politician, more so out of the two, is definitely her. I think she has a lot of cultural relevance and a lot of things to say that people want to hear. But the more that she's seen in a leotard and flipping dudes off, the less that's going to be possible. Agreed. So, Agreed. I, you know, I think it's just kind of short-sighted. I think it's just to get her on TV, just to do a spot for the show. To me, that's really fucking unintelligent. Um, the, the, the arm slip, obviously, like my heart froze for a second. Uh, I was like, oh. I was like, please tell me somebody just pulled him down because, you know, it was like just off the camera. And I was hoping that somebody had like run in and pulled him down or something. And then I was like, nope, he fucking fell. And the thing that confused me the most about it is there's really no explanation in the pacing of the match or anything why Cody asked him to switch sides of the apron. Yeah. You see Cody clearly direct him to move, which if Cody were the true heel in the match would make sense because he's trying to get his coach to cause an intentional referee distraction so he can do something fucked up. But that's not the case here. He Is literally had him move so he could do the bump and then yeah. bump him off the fucking apron a second time. So yeah. <laughs> like it's that shit was, I mean, I see why the seeds being planted, but you know, the first time he stayed down, you kind of could have gone with that. Could have been like, you were pointing me over there and I didn't know what was going on. And then it made my ass slip off the apron. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And you didn't have to bump him a second time. No, but I agree. Those are the only two things that really took off for me. I love the fucking finish. I thought it was genius. Yes. And the Black Mist, dude, historically, yeah. Black Mist is yeah. the one that causes blindness. Yeah. So I hope to Christ what we get is a fucking blindness angle with Cody. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. I would absolutely love, love it. Sandman style. Dude has to make his public appearances with fucking blindfold on. I don't care. I'm, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. Wex, what did you think about Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, the sequel? Uh, I really enjoyed this match, and really the only thing that upset me was just, uh, yeah, the Brandy bullshit, The that's because that was unnecessary, you didn't need it, and I agree with you, Jesse, like, when Arn fell the first time, they just should have went ahead and did the spot where he gets down, and Arn, they literally could have did the whole spot there when he fell the first time, like, I was so confused when he got up and fell again, I was like, wait, that wasn't the spot, I thought, I thought that was a spot at first. And I was like, wait, they're doing it again? Didn't didn't make much sense to me right there. But like you said, Jesse, I don't know. It's because I was so enthralled because of that, the Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega match. And then we got the, you know, I don't know. And then maybe because we calmed down a bit from the MJF one, that mm-hmm. this one I was just like, oh, shit. And I don't know, Black's entrance. I'm a big fan of that shit. His, his music, everything. I like his whole presentation. Big fan of Malachi Black and... I really enjoyed the mist. The mist was a nice choice. 
I always pop. Anytime, anytime someone uses mist, I don't care who it is, I always pop for the mist. I don't pop for the mist, Gus. I, uh, I don't, I don't care for the mist. The first person I saw use it, and then, you know, of course I know about Muda and everything, but as a kid, when I saw Tajiri use the mist, I was like, oh shit. I mean, I like this. I liked this match. I thought it was, I yeah. thought it was really good. Yeah. I like yeah, the finish. I like the finish. Four and a half. It could have went higher when they all had the break. Three of us went four and a half. Yeah. What? Nice. I think we all went four and a half. Uh, uh, trip. Six. Three six mafia. Three four and a half mafia. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a lot different. That's not like that sounds like three quarters. No, of I love that. Let's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've Let's said this three, from the beginning about Cody Rhodes. He, basically, he's been a heel the whole time. The pan the whole time we were going through the pandemic, he was a fucking heel. When I was making AEW videos, like how cocky his presentation was, I was like, is this guy not a fucking heel? And then once the crowds came back, they just started booing the fuck out of him because I was like, if I was there, I would be booing him. Like the little small small Jacksonville crowds were like kind of cheering him and stuff. But like once we got real crowds back, he just started getting booed. Because everybody was tired of that bullshit, that pompous Cody bullshit. I'm so hyped. And you want to know why? Because Heel, heel Cody is like, I don't give a damn. I know I said I was never going to wrestle for the title, but I can do what I want. I'm a VP. Like, that's the loop, bro. Just wait yeah. till he's a heel. Like, oh, God. Oh, it's going to be who so good. Think, he's so, going to be Jeff Jarrett all over again. Who do you think, like, by the time he gets to that point, who do you think he's, is he facing Paige? No. Who do you think he's facing? CM Punk. For the title? 100%. Huh. I don't think Danielson beats Omega. I don't think Daniel's the first. I don't think Danielson's oh, no, the first. No, no, no. I'm not saying no, no, no. Hangman's I'm about beating, Hangman Page. Hangman's gonna want to take is gonna take the title. I don't think so. I do, dude. How? That's like AEW does long term booking, and that's the I, ultimate I, fucking long term booking. Dude. I think that we're. I think that you're too. I, I know. No, well, I mean, the ultimate booking is is uh, is Kenny Omega Hangman again. Whether it's for the title or not, the story is there. I'm just saying, like, you can't listen. I think that I honestly th- I understand why he left. He had a kid. He's taking his time off. I get that. I totally respect that. I have two kids too. I completely understand that. At the same time, his he is has never been more over than he was six seven months ago. And honestly, like he was. I mean, the Dark Order angle was decent, but it wasn't enough to maintain the as hot as he was. And Dude. when he comes back, it's going to be a great return. But it's not like. Okay, the pop is gonna be stupid. I'm telling you, it depends on how they bring it. But it's not gonna be punk. It's not gonna be Bryant Danielson. It's it's not. He's not on that level. But it's gonna be a good pop. Listen, I understand the dude long-term booking, but what I'm saying is even if that was the plan for Paige to take the title off of Omega, when you get guys like Cole and Danielson and Punk that all come in while he's just out, there is no possible way that. Page is the better option over any three of the guys I just picked. I could see There's Cole no way. taking it because that's some other long-term booking. Of course, of course, but I, I, I think it needs too, to be babyface. I think that if it if they build towards anything and somebody else other than Adam Page takes it off of Omega, it probably is Adam Cole. I don't think I don't see them pushing Punk to the. I think Punk's there to get dudes over, and I think that I don't think that they're going to end up putting the title on Punk. No, Punk's a Brock Lesnar. Punk's a Brock Lesnar. He's not going to wrestle all the time. He's not putting a lot of people over, though. I can tell you that right now. I mean, no, he'll I'm get saying, working I don't with mean, him. I didn't yeah. say put over. I mean, get over. Yeah, like, but wins and losses matter. I, like, there's zero doubt in my mind that he will he will be the AEW champion at some point. 
There's zero doubt in my mind. Or at least the TNT champion, something. I don't think they'll touch Oh, did you either. hear? Absolutely not. They're probably going to be introducing another, a secondary women's title called the TBS Championship. Correct. Which, uh, now that they've decided that, A, Dynamite officially announced they're moving to TBS yep. as of January 5th, 2022, which is the first week of 2022. And the original plan was that Rampage was also moving to TBS, but allegedly now it it's is a, staying it's right there. staying on TNT. On TNT. Which means that the TNT championship, with being like the men's secondary championship, will be probably exclusively defended on Rampage and pay-per-views. And the women's TBS championship will be exclusively defended on Dynamite pay-per-views. That's what it seems like to me. By July of next year, Rampage will be regularly two hours as well. Mark my words. Oh, That's sure. not announced, but that will happen. Oh, yeah. Because once once the rating it pops for tomorrow... Tonight, whatever we're with a, a two-hour tomorrow, yeah, with a two-hour tonight. If you're listening to this, yeah. But especially uh, what they're going to try and do eventually. I mean, look at what TNT programs in those slots anyway. Like that's another Friday night's not historically a basketball night. Like, they, you know, more people are tuning in for a live two-hour AEW Rampage than they are for another rerun of fucking Godzilla Two or whatever it is. Oh course. yeah, they always play some bullshit movie. Yeah, it's like the uh the accountant, the accountant with fucking uh what's his name. Affleck. And Affleck, yeah. You always play that bullshit or like that Tarzan movie. You know what I'm talking about. All the bullshit that comes on before Dynamite and right what's after. That, what's that Denzel uh, movie? The um Equalizer. That's it. That's the one I always yep. see. It always, always comes on before the Dynamite. Diner, I, watch it, I watch it on DVR and it's like, it always started like, because I'm always watching it like 20 or 30 minutes behind just because of like karate schedule with my kids or whatever. But like every, I swear to God, every time I turn it on, it's like just Denzel like sitting in there with his little grin, like at the diner, like pouring his cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. All of you guys that watch it on DVR know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, Dude, I, mean, I always just... tune into Dynamite like ten minutes early just to just you know put it on. And I'll see it going. Uh, they'll occasionally do like a decent, you know, like a superhero movie afterward or something like that. But still, their ratings can't possibly compare. Not only their ratings, but let's look at it in 2021. Their social media engagement and all of the other impressions that they get that actually make an impact for that network are going to be far higher during a live two-hour sporting event directly after SmackDown on Fox. I do also know, too, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know how much leg uh, legitimacy there is to it, but uh, HBO Max is making a bid to AEW to host all of their pay-per-views. Um, and essentially just make them a fat ass contract. Um, that saved me. Do it, baby. Do it, baby. <laughs> like, I would love that. I would love that personally. But at the same time, to me, like, you know, I think that, I think that AEW can say pay per view. I mean, because none of us are missing them. I don't give a damn how expensive they are. None of us are missing them. And I mean, I bet with rights fees, though, I mean, like if you're looking at a rights fees agreement that's that lucrative and the resulting merch sales from the engagement coming from those HBO subscribers who may not otherwise. I mean, a lot of people look, we're not missing them. And, you know, yeah. they're getting like a, it, you get like 200, 250,000 buys right now. Everybody's yeah. flipping their fucking lid. Yeah. But I mean, HBO Max has how many subscribers? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Millions. Yeah, definitely in the millions. And so you're opening in that like if they get even. 50% of what they were making pay-per-view revenue on rights fees now that they're back on the road and they can get live gate, live merchandise sales as well. And the social media engagement from having other people on there. I mean, fiscally long-term, that's a fucking smarter move. I agree. And HBO max is way better than fucking Peacock. It's way easier to navigate. I agree. I agree. I also think that if they, but I think it's, 
I think if you go to if you do something like that where you go to a streaming service like HBO Max, which is a great service, I think that you're gonna have to give them more content. I think that we could possibly see um, you know, some of those old WWE, WWF DVD style documentaries that kind of went by the wayside. I could totally see that style working really well in an HBO Max kind of format. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like, you know, AEW behind the scenes or whatever, and it's like the Eddie Kingston story or the yeah, John Mike I mean, story or whatever. They like could buy, They could purchase, like, you know, usage rights for footage for PWG. Of course. And CW and, yeah, yeah. They Dude, already have that relationship. Excalibur will give it to him for cheap. Here's the other thing. Look at the other Forbidden Door stuff. Yeah, what of course. Split, split specials with places like AAA and New Japan and fucking yeah. Impact and yada yada yada. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of you're opening a pretty large portal there. I think. I think New Japan. If you if you do end up, I know this is just a Twitter rumor, but if they do end up going with something like that, I think you're a lot more less likely to see guys like Suzuki and much more likely to see guys like Okada come over for a big pay per view because yeah. think about all the eyeballs that go to New Japan as well, well like hey, immediately. You know the thing about Suzuki? You know he's actually a free agent wrestler and it's oh, not right. actually signed in new japan wow i didn't know that and he he actually came here on his own he missed the g1 on he missed the g1 on purpose to come to america and do a u.s tour and he's still here wrestling wow that's crazy and he's old he's been hit, wrestling hit a bunch of gcw shit and did dynamite i mean isn't he like a isn't he like a in his late 50s though isn't he like 58 or something like that He's up there. He's old as fuck. He, I mean, he's one of the, like, he was already in his 30s by the time that he was, like, helping start Pancrase. So, like, yeah. he's got to be up there. Yeah, he's like, got to be. He's, yeah, he's got to be at least, yeah, yeah, it has to be. Has to be late 50s, maybe even early 60s. He's like Who Ric knows? Flair that didn't do a bunch of drugs and drink and is still really badass. Yeah, maybe. Okay, Wait, you know what? Ric Flair, how, 70, 71, 72? Who knows? He's canceled now. Let's get back to the show. It's, uh, <laughs> it's FTR versus Darby Allen and Sting. Um, man, dude, let the good times roll, baby. That's literally what I wrote here. I I liked I liked the new paint for Allen and Sting too. I liked that they looked like a damn tag team. I, you know, you guys all know. All the old school fans from day one will know. I've always bitched about tag teams not matching gear. I thought FTR also wrestling Sting and choosing to wear NWO throwback gear was absolute visual genius. Absolute visual genius. And they took, dude, they took such good care of Sting while also just bumping their asses off for him. Like, Darby also just naturally sells like a madman because he, I mean, how do you not when you're 150 pounds and you just get thrown around like that? I mean, dude, the hot tag to Sting blew the roof off the joint. The Tully bump got the biggest, one of the bigger pops of the night. I don't care what anybody says, that Tully bump, and it was amazing. Legs all caught up in the ropes, super late 80s style, and I loved every minute of it. And also, my one of my favorite parts of Tully here is that like, the whole time he's teasing like the chloroform rag from like back oh, in the crock yeah. days and he didn't Classic. even use it. That's that kind of like teasing it and having the commentators talk about it. And then you not even use it just to plant the seed. Tully Blanchard. I know you're probably not listening. You might not even know what a podcast is, but I love you. You are a genius of a man and you were everything great about professional wrestling. I loved your over the top crazy bump. It was Bobby Heenan level and it was great. The finishing sequence was impeccable impeccable the finish with the coffin drop and it was just damn dude i i really enjoyed it another four and three quarter beers almost five beers for me 
And honestly, that's just me being nitpicky. Because, like, if I was just a casual fan, I would have thought Sting was the greatest ever. But me being nitpicky, knowing this Sting is older, whatever, like, I just wanted to give props to FTR for carrying that shit. I mean, props to Sting, too. Don't get me wrong. He worked his ass off. But good Lord, man. They made him look like he was, it was 1998. And it was, it, it, I mean, damn. Great job, FTR. Great job. Great job. Jesse, what'd you think? Dude, Sting looked great. Man, I know a lot of that was FTR, okay. but I got to say, like, he wasn't in a slouch on his own. I mean, you no, of course see, not. Of course not. He was going full fucking bore that entire time. And uh, his command of the crowd is also one of those things that much like Ric Flair, like later on into his career, he he grew to see it as the necessity that it is. And as good as he was, even early on, developed that to kind of take up for some of the more lackluster speed and things like that. Yeah. But it's so evident here. And right. like, dude, the finish alone, like. I know I'm jumping the gun a little, but it was so fucking good. We see oh, like that coffin so drop good. on the apron looked excruciating, but also like the him actually sitting down on the scorpion, which like when's the last time you saw that really? Like it's like, oh. like that's a classic, dude. You yeah. see him do it, but he never sits down on it like that. Like it looked fucking great. I think he was feeling that energy too. Um, I I really wish they had given FTR an intro. That bugged me, but you know I get it. TV time and shit, but I just really, uh, you know, ugh, man, I don't know. The Tully thing makes me want to go back and watch, like, maybe a YouTube bonus or something. One of these days we go back and, like, watch some Brain Busters or, like, Bro, or, like go, like, watch that fucking Tully TAI quit or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I gave it five beers, dude. I thought right. it fucking ruled. I The only thing that really, honestly – could have possibly made it better for me a little bit would have been switching places with the next match. I think it would have had a different hype to it. Ah, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you there. I, agree. Uh, I would like to watch brain busters versus heart foundation. I believe it was SummerSlam 91. Um, but yeah, I would like to, I'd, lo I'd love to do that one. I feel like that would be a good one. Um, yeah. Wex, what do you think about FTR versus Darby and sting here? Like, so much of the shit that Jesse said, like right there, this should have been the main event. Because once I realized that Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega was the first match, so I was like, all right, so Sting's in the main event, right? Like that's what I assumed. That's what I assumed in my head right there. But then we didn't get it, which the main event wasn't horrible, but this definitely would have been better. <coughs> Damn. Oh my God. How you really feel? My goodness. That was like a cough that turned into a vomit. Did you just like call. it was a throat clear? That I feel like, tag team of Bierski and Bonski just got you. I feel I feel like we just I feel like COVID has just entered the chat. I dude, feel like no, no fucking COVID, dude. I'm vax baby all day, and uh, you know I got that them high extra antibodies. Yeah, I think we're are we all vax now at this point, right? All three of us. I think we were all vaxxed. I got vaxxed back in January because I worked in healthcare. So okay. I I I that's why February. my immune system's so extra high. I got mine in March, so yeah, we've been. It's been a while. Well, let's get there. Let's get there. Uh, I don't want to get political here, but, but yeah, dude, this match. I went five years. It was uh, so fun. Yeah. One of my favorite right. calls of the night. Excalibur coffin splash. Coffin <laughs> splash. I love the coffin splash. The Falcon punch. Splash. Falcon punch. <laughs> Very reminiscent of that, which is good. I, I love Excalibur. A lot of people hate Excalibur. They hate the mask. They hate the gimmick. But I fucking love Excalibur. I don't know. What can I say? PW. Maybe too many PWG DVDs, but 
I thought it was a fantastic match. Like you said, the sit down of the Scorpion Deathlock, that's like, that's like classes like Jim Ross, like, hey, he's sitting down. Like, dude, when you're sitting down, <laughs> oh my God, it's breaking down on the back, you know. You, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When you, <laughs> dude, when you get hype and do your JR impression, I don't think there's anything more entertaining on the planet Earth. Like, <laughs> the you're... I really wish people, I got to make sure people see this. Jesus Christ. The face that you make to do that voice is just impeccable, bro. It's I love Jim Ross. He's, goodness. like, when, when literally, when you, when you get that JR energy, it's, it, uh, it feels different. It hits different, just like you said. Sting, with the crowd, with Sting, it kind of, it kind of helps him, like you said, like, just like you said, like, JR had that fucking energy this whole show. I thought Dude. I was very impressed with the entire commentary team. I really. I, Oliver obviously did a great job on the first match, and he did a good job throughout the rest of the show. I'm not taking away, but man, JR and Tony really stepped up, dude. Dude, Jim Ross, yeah. he's the man. Like commentary itself is phenomenal. Yeah. If you listen to Grilling JR, which I'm sure you do with Conrad, that show fucking like I love in the intro. It plays like the clips of JR. Like now, like they say, I ain't got no passion. Hey, yeah, fuck you. I'm pissed off, and like it's it's. It's great. So, Jr., we know you got the passion. We love you, Jim Ross. Yeah, You're the man. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, Jim yeah. Ross, Tony, like, dude, this match was fucking great. Like, like you said, FTR, the gear, the way they were, like, dude, everything about this match was fantastic. It was just nothing but fun. It was just like, you, how can you not, if you love pro wrestling, how do you not love this match? No, I agree, man. I agree fully. Um, yeah, I think the whole commentary team, I don't think we've talked about that enough this show. I think, I mean, Listen, we watched the show on TV. We didn't watch it in, in an arena, and we've talked about a lot of times that, like, commentary guys get – if you know, if you do a bad job, everybody's going to talk about it. If you do a great job, everybody's going to talk about the match. It's kind of a thankless job for the most part, but I definitely want to give a shout-out to commentary. I mean, without them, I, I mean, I can honestly say – Especially matches like MJF versus Pillman are not rated as well. Malachi Black versus Cody, not rated as well. FTR and Darby and Sting, not rated as well. Um, I mean, really, really good. Um, Yeah, I mean, hats off to them for sure. Let's get to the main event. Let's wrap this thing up. Um, The main event here is Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, DMD, for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, Now, listen, everybody knows I'm a big Britt Baker fan. I've, I've, I've been shouting it from the rooftops. I think that AEW's women's division really needs a boost of energy. That's why I feel like Ruby just came right in and is immediately in a title picture. Because to be honest, their women's division has a lot of young talent, a lot of really good prospects um, that are going to be great, but right now are not quite there. Uh, and Britt Baker really is kind of in a league of her own in the company. Um, so having Ruby Soho definitely does interject more interest here. I understand that, you know, I, I've seen online too a lot of people saying that like they hot shot at this angle. It's happening way too soon. Um, but I mean, who else really is there? Um, and to me, the loss doesn't really hurt Ruby. I mean, it took I mean, essentially, she lost to three women like I mean, it's not. Yeah. I mean, and so to me, it's like. People can say what they want to say, but every loss is not the same, guys. This is still entertainment. Like, I, I mean, yes, it's more professional wrestling than it is sports entertainment, which we all love. But at the end of the day, it's it is a show. It's a show. It's a Broadway show. That's it's it's supposed to be this way. So a loss doesn't necessarily mean you're getting buried. I hate that so much. And to be, I mean, listen, the match belt. It can make belted, sense. It can make sense. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it, yes, exactly. It can make sense. But I mean. 
listen, it wasn't a five-star match. It wasn't a five-beer match. It wasn't even a four-beer match to me. Mm-hmm. It was a decent yeah. match. It was not placed well. I, I, I can understand completely why you put the women's title in your main event. I understand that you're trying to elevate the title and also show these women the most respect that you possibly can. And the crowd was there for it. They weren't nearly as hot for it than anything else they were on the show. And I think that, to me, that's not really a testament against Britt Baker and Ruby. To me, that's more, like I was saying before, that like it's just the women's division in the AEW is not quite where it needs to be yet. So to have that division in the main event is just not, correct it's just it didn't work and that's not against either one of them i think they were both great the belt to bell was pretty good um i still gave it three and a half beers like a three and a half like solid match but i mean to be honest it's the i think it's the not it's the least match on the show i think yeah it's it's my worst match on the show and three and a half beers for worst match on the show that's a damn good television show by the way that's not there's no disparaging three and a half beers but this is my worst match of the night. That's crazy. Wex, where are you at on this main event? I'm like right below you, and it's also my worst rating of the night, three and a quarter beers. And it I, wasn't I, that, a bad match. Yeah. And there was a few there was a few little like obviously telegraph spots and yeah. And it's not Daniel Bryan, I mean Brian Danielson and Omega, so the crowd's not as hot, so the telegraphness, you know, it doesn't work right. So there I'm gonna notice it and it's gonna Pay a little the bit more feeding, attention to it. The feeding was off. The tempo was yeah, off for sure. But there were some sick ass brutal spots though that were like sick, and I was like, all right, like that fucking swinging neck breaker off the apron. Oh, that was fucking brutal. And Jr. still on commentary on this match. He was still he was still into it, which oh, yeah. kind of helped, which helped me for oh, the for match. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't bad. And the fact that, like you said, Ruby Soho losing this match doesn't really bury her even in the wins and loss records department because right. even though she has that loss it doesn't make her look like just like a piece of shit like she's not ever going to be able to win another match like right. you yeah. can you can lose you know what i mean you can lose and still look like you can win a match or you can lose and look like oh this guy's gonna fucking go on a losing you know what i mean yeah like, i mean and not to mention the fact that they're gonna different ways they're gonna she literally that stuff just like you said, she lost to three different people, and she blocked two of them. She had to yeah. expel energy on two of them, and then the third person. So, I mean, you can't – she didn't really bury her, but I get what they were going for, but I understand. I really wish this would have been the semi-main, the penultimate, because it would have worked better with the pacing, and the crowd would have been more into it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you they would have a little bit more energy for this match if it wasn't the main event. Right. And yeah. just like you said – no disrespect to them, but the division itself is not where it needs to be for the main event at a stage like this. Like, Burt Baker's hometown, Ruby Soho's hometown, yes, because that'd be perfect. The crowd would be hyped for it, but not at fucking the New York debut at the biggest crowd you've ever had. Right. Should have been Sting or Kenny Omega and Danielson. Yeah, or put Adam Cole against somebody. I mean, like you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't well, know. We got Adam Cole, baby, on our predictions for Rampage. Yeah, I know, I know, but still, I like, I mean, is, I just think it's as easy as flip flopping the last two matches, really. Like, that's what I yeah. said. Stank, Stank should be in the main. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. He's got experience. He's main event in New York, I'm sure, at some point in his career, right? I don't think he ha- has he in New yeah, York. There were old days when Crockett started getting out of line that they like they stayed away from New York proper, <laughs> but like. 
but it was but like <laughs> started getting out of line. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They said wait for New York proper, but he made it in the area. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. I mean, and as far as Ruby's like Ruby's wins and losses go, we all know that she's probably gonna get like six wins in a row on dark on the same dark episode. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they do it. That's how I, they they. It exactly doesn't hurt. That's what I'm saying. It make it AEW can make right. sense because exactly, yeah. If she looked weak, then she could go into dark looking weak, and that's not gonna and you could lose, you know. But yeah, here's the other thing that, to be honest with you, she could not do a promo for the next six weeks, and she's still gonna be the face. Like Dude, her song alone, she's gonna yeah. be over. Yeah, of and course. Her, her, out it's the underdog, so like you know what? Sing. I came into new territory. I got beat. It's, you know, I'm here to do the work. Go build up the rest of the women's division. Build some new contenders for Britt Baker, and continue doing it that way. I like. I gotta say, I, I mean, I didn't love the match necessarily, but like, I mean, it was good. I'm not yeah, saying it was, it was good. good. There yeah. wasn't anything glaringly awful about it, really, except for I felt like the corner women for Britt. They spoiled the false finishes a few times too often for me because, like, there were quite a few times when Ruby would hit a move where you were like, oh, she could get it here. But the yeah. fact that Reba and whatever the other girl whose name I still can't remember weren't uh, weren't Jamie responding Hader. at all. Like, they weren't trying to, like, freak out. They would just, like, look away from the camera and just chill. And I'm like, as a corner person, you can't do that. Like, you have to be invested if there's a possibility exactly. that your man or woman is about to take the 100%, L. 100%, yeah. That that really took me out of it. Um, She's so I felt like green, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it would have been better off if they weren't even there. You know I what agree. I mean? Like, I, yeah. Well, but then you how do you then you, how do you protect Ruby in the wind though? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think you or still maybe can. have a run in or something. Yeah, I don't I know. Think you still can. I don't like. I mean, here's the thing: you can still have single wrestlers shot. just cheat. Like, why don't I don't understand why you don't just put them put her with the elite? Like to me, that like why why don't you just have like the Bucks and Cole come out and like make a distraction? Like to me, that's the I mean that's an even bigger bigger pop too. And then CM like, Punk can come out and be the punk rock guy to help. I'm I don't know, I'm just I'm spitballing. Oh, but, dude, I mean, Cole and Baker versus Punk and Soho sounds amazing that, to me. That's money.com right there. Yes. I mean, like that's like that totally. Money. Tony, we know you're listening now. It's a it's a documented fact. So I guess Please my bullshit does make sense sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> we're right we're right at the perfect tag team combination of Bierski and Bolski. Thing where you're like it's, we're right. It's now. it's the only reason why we keep you around, man. Okay, well and listen. I'm talking I, about straight edge people here. I gotta give you I, I, dude, I would say overall, this show is about as close to six beers as you can get you expect from a two hour TV show. Um uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I can say it's the best ever, like two hour episode of wrestling I've ever seen because I'm an old man and there were some banger raws back in the day. There were dude, some banger smackdowns smack back smack in the day downs. for sure. For there sure. Some, dude, there were some smackdowns that ruled, but like, you there know, were some banger nitros back in the day. My I mind mean, goes to things like attitude era. And to be honest, like, I don't think a oh, raw or a nitro really, but... in the attitude era held a fucking candle to this show. Honestly, dude, the only thing that I can think for your I don't know. I disagree. of the crowd was a SmackDown. It was when Stone Cold was hunting DX. And basically the show ended with, like, Stone Cold came out. DX came out. The Rock came out. Kane and Undertaker came out. Oh, yeah. The, I and, you know, and he was – the whole show he was hunting DX. And, and, it's, the, just, and it's nothing just, but finishers. Like, everybody, everybody hits their finish. No yeah. reason. Yeah, and everybody hit their finish. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, that was great. That was great. I mean, that was back when they didn't have creative, and it was just like four guys. Yeah, that was back in the UPN early days of SmackDown. Like, yeah, 
storyline wise, I see what you mean when it comes to stuff like that. But I do truly think there is a three ring circus element to this episode of Dynamite that does not exist in those Raw, SmackDowns, Nitros, what have you. Because yeah. there was a like, here's the thing. When I, I, I didn't get to watch this live, I had to watch it on repeat. So when I was going through, I was honestly trying to save time and I was trying to look through spots that I could fast forward. There were very little spots there that didn't none. have action, yeah. like almost none. And, yeah. and like, and I mean, the promos, it's like, Am I not? Am I going to fast forward through a fucking punk promo? No. Jericho no. promo? No. You watch yeah. the rest of the whole fucking thing. And it's like the only thing that I even like skipped a little bit where when they went to picture in picture, like. Yeah, because it's it. like you cause honestly, they kind of lay out during it anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're really not doing much in the match because they don't. Yeah, they I mean, don't I've been a fan know. long enough to know what's going to happen during those. Like, <laughs> if you have fight TV and a VPN, you don't have to do picture in picture. Did you know that? Yeah. Pitcher and pitcher, like yeah. baseball. No, you know what the fuck I'm talking about, dude. You're from <laughs> talking about you're living out Julie, Tennessee, you baby. You know how the fuck I'm talking about. But my friend Cameron, who's from Connecticut, is the one who uh, was schooling me on that shit because people on Twitter, uh, uh, fuck, people on the old Twitter <laughs> machine. I've had a 7.5 tall boy, and all I've had to eat are these chili cheese Fritos in the past eight hours. So. And you're like 110 pounds, so. That bag's still pretty full. 120, now. dude. 120. Oh After like a cheeseburger. Goodness gracious. Okay, listen. Guys, AEW Grand Slam Dynamite was absolutely phenomenal. We're hyped for tonight's show. It's going to be the Grand Slam Rampage. And now we have moved to this part of the show. It is our Rampage predictions. Um, Wex, do you have that card pulled up in front of you? I got the card right here in front of okay, me. Okay, let's go, go ahead and start. Let's go down the line, Wex. Let's go down the line. All right, we're going to we start from uh, the lowest up to the main event. So, start, oh, so the first match is Chris Jericho and his partner Jake Hager taking on Men of the Year with Dan Lambert from American Top Team uh, in the corner. So, who do you guys got? Uh, I am going to go... I'm actually going to go uh, men of the year. I think that Dan Lambert, if he's actually going to be the manager ringside, his first match needs to be a W. And I don't think either. I mean, Jericho's Jericho. At this point, he's pulling an HBK return where he's doing jobs to everybody, but everybody still thinks he's going to win somehow. Um, and that's that's just that's his role at this point. Um, he'll win when he have to and loses most of the time. And that's great. I think men of the year wins this one. Jesse, where are you at? I think men of the year get the best of the inner circle, but I think the inner circle win by DQ. I think American top team have other people jump in to fuel this fucking feud up and cause a disqualification and that the inner circle gets the ever loving dog shit beat out of them, but they take the L. Okay. Or they take the W rather. Sorry. So you're still thinking that the, uh, the inner circle is going to be like, uh, uh, in like a feud with like Dan Lambert and his whole team. Like it'll be some UFC guys and like uh, men of the year to kind of be the workers in the group. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think it could be it doesn't even necessarily have to be like the entire inner circle as much as I think that it's going to wind up being like they want to involve. I keep on wanting to call him fucking swagger, but they want to involve, uh, as Jericho referred to him, Big Hoss on, you know, they want Hager in this for his MMA ties. It makes sense yeah. to do that that way on TV for, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm not that into MMA. I just know he did it. So like, yeah, I mean, but, but to put one of those guys and put them in a wrestling storyline and then have it pay off in like an actual MMA cage would be pretty cool. I don't think that's. I mean, that's a huge cross promotion that they yeah. haven't really done interpromotionally successfully before. You know. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense, but the yeah, I mean, I, I I think that 
it's a like a DQ victory for Jericho and Hager. Okay, Wex, where are you at then? I just say that uh, Hager and Jericho just straight up win because AEW doesn't really do DQ victories, and I thought about that, so I just think they're going to win, and it's going to be some type of like dusty finish type situation to where they can have a rematch and keep the feud going, but I don't think they're just going to straight up do a DQ because they just I'm literally how many DQs have you ever seen in AEW? But that's One. that's why I think they would do it though because they don't just because they don't overdo it doesn't mean that they're I mean a DQ finish can work especially if you don't overdo it like yeah. when you never have one then it makes sense like <laughs> all right so uh, the picks are even though he picked the DQ finish I it's me I have Jericho and La- I have Jericho I got, and Hager. yeah write this down somebody write this down so we can do it on next week's show yeah because this is gonna be a thing we're gonna yeah, keep we're gonna have the week. championship of the every picks. every Friday you'll hear this before Rampage comes on TV so you can hear our picks so you can judge us you can tweet at us um. But let's write this down. So I, for match number one on Rampage, I'm going men of the year. And uh, you guys just keep Both track of, us of your... Both going the other route. Yeah. So Wes and I, inner circle, Mr. Know-it-all, men of the year. Awesome. Okay. Match number two. Wex, hit me with it. All right. Match number two, we have Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, the super click, taking on Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express. Minus Marco Stunt. I mean, it's a super click. There's no doubt about that. I think that, uh, you know, it's Adam Cole's first big soiree, if you will. And I think that, um, I think the match is going to be a banger. I think the match is going to be really, 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 really good. Battle Bell. But uh, because it's a six man, it's not going to hurt Jurassic Express in the tag team division. And I do think that regardless of the big push that Jungle Boy is getting and inevitably, inevitably will continue to get Jurassic Express as a tag team will at least get the titles at least once before they're not a thing. So uh, it doesn't really hurt him getting a six man loss here. It doesn't hurt really Christian either because it's a six man. Um, so to me, it makes the most sense for the Bucks and the Heat to kind of stay in the elite uh, and Adam Cole to kind of go over and be that cocky guy. So I'm definitely going with the super click clean one, two, three. Um, Jesse, what do you think? I can't agree more. I think it's very obvious. Super click. I don't think that, I mean, there's always shenanigans, but yeah, it's of course they're heels. They're, yeah. There's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a screw job. They're going to get them. They're going to take advantage. Um, yeah, Wex, no, what do you I think? think? I think they go over with a pinfall. Yeah. Yep. I say the super click wins. Obviously we're going to get a, Probably a triple super click kick, baby, in the one, two, three. And I'm saying that this is going to lead into possibly, I think that the super click are going to be the first trios champions in AEW when they introduce those titles. And eventually, possibly, you know, maybe we could see the real Jurassic Express take those off of them. Somehow lead this feud, but you never know. But I know for sure, I'm calling it now, super click first trios champions whenever it happens but i love it let's adam, cole might, adam cole might be the luckiest dude in the history of professional wrestling by the way just the way he's like navigated his career or, like, Daniel, or brian danielson whose last match was uh the main event of wrestlemania and then he wrestles kenny omega in front of twenty thousand people nah not at all dude he had like a bunch of years off like with a concussion didn't wouldn't I yeah mean, okay okay that makes sense adam cole yeah, so our next got, like, match like, is he also had to the, do the original nxt lest we forget Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's say the next match is in the women's division of AEW, and it's the Dark Order's Anna Jay taking on the Hardy family offices, Penelope Ford. 
That's not. I mean, come on, guys. Do we need to? Do we need to talk about this one? Anna J. Of course, it's, right? It, it's a thousand percent Anna J. Um, return Dark Order. Come on now. I don't think yeah. Jesse's even going to dignify that with a response. I mean, it's Jay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, Jay. Come on now. Okay, the next one. This is going to be a fun one. We got the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Bros, teaming up with their longtime rivals, the former LAX back in Impact days, oh, back wow. when they had a serious rivalry, Santana and Ortiz, to take on the Hardy family office of the Butcher, the Blade, and Private Party. Ooh, that'll be good. That's going to be, be just a, I mean, it's going to be a banger. I just, I mean, but. I don't know about banger. There's too many bodies to be a banger, but I think I it'll mean, be good. Not, not like a banger, like a five-star match, but like we're going to see some, it's going to be like a PWG type banger. It's like, going to be a high spot fest for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a fun, a fun match. It'll be a good time for AEW to run promos about future events and then go, yeah. whoa. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a good time to do a lot of picture in picture too and fill in those advertisement quotas that they need to for the show. That'll be nice. Yeah, but I'm going with the team of uh, Proud and Powerful and the Lucha Bros because the tag team champions got to look strong. I'm going the other way. I think uh, the Hardy family office needs a win. I don't think it really matters. You're not losing the title. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying win. because it's not in a serious match. It's a multi-man. They can take the loss in a multi-man because they don't have to take the pin. I'm yeah. also going the other way too because I think that can There's I go ahead and change it? Can I go ahead and change my pick then? Can I go ahead and change it? Did you makes want to join us? You, you it makes sense, it just makes sense now. Time. I wasn't thinking about it like that. It makes all sense. Right. All right. I mean, yeah, you can do what you want. That's why I'm Mr. Know-it-all. Hey, so... Uh, I mean, I've already written mine down, so I, like... I, I haven't I, written anything down. I'm, I'm, I'm going off the cuff, baby. The only What's reason the- that I'm writing right now is because your card's in a different order than mine, but, like, to me, HFO has to take it because, also, I think that they build towards Lucha Bros and Proud and Powerful again, and I think that's part of the reason that this fucking random team-up is happening. Agreed. Agreed. I think the split's going to happen from the inside, and I really think that even though Lucha Brothers got the pop, they were doing so much better as heels, and I think that's where they want them to be. Proud and Powerful are obviously baby faces, so, yeah, it makes sense. All right, so... What it looks like on my version of the card, the semi-main, we got... Well, actually, this won't be the semi-main. This will be after the main. So the main will be CM Punk in his first TV match in seven years. Is that what it is? Going up against Team Taz's powerhouse Hobbs. And we guys already know the finish of this. We already know our picks, but... What do you think is going to happen? What kind of ma- what do you think it's going to be? You think Punk's going to take a lot of fucking offense or what do you think is going to happen? Here? Uh, I you know what, guys? Um, I think that he I think that we get a, a couple of really good false finishes with Team Taz trying to screw Punk. But I think Punk wins. And I think we keep it. I think we keep it going um, with team, team Taz. And I think that they'll be smart enough in the booking because they have proven that they're really good at it. Um, to make us honestly believe the powerhouse Hobbs might actually win a couple times in the match, uh, they're gonna so which is obviously gonna give them a rub. Um, so uh, uh, this is kind of like what Jesse was saying. Like, yeah, powerhouse Hobbs is gonna take the L, but they will find a way in this match because it's Punk and because Tony Khan's a great booker. They will find a way to make powerhouse Hobbs look really good while also losing this match. Um, but yeah, it is CM Punk for sure. Absolutely, Punk. I also think. I, I, I can't agree more. I mean, it's the same concept as before in my eyes, but also I do think there will be something in here that starts to 
kind of drive a little bit of a wedge in the concept of the team Taz thing. And it like, I'm sure that it'll probably much like they did with cage kind of slowly lead to dissent. And uh, as Puck continues to take out the rest of team Taz, I think they're starting to head towards dissolving the idea of team Taz. I mean, Ricky Starks is already going to be on commentary every fucking week on Friday. They already said that he's replacing Mark Henry permanently on rampage. So what's Henry going to do backstage stuff? Yeah, he's going to be like the interview guy, like Shivani. Gotcha. But also, like, you know, Starks needs to be separated anyway. Um, Hobbs could do with being separated. I don't know what happens with Hook. Uh, I mean, that's so unproven at this point that I don't, I'm not sure anybody really cares. I really think Hobbs and uh, Hobbs and Hook are going to end up being a tag team. It sounds like a good tag team, Hobbs and Hook. And I think it's a good way to get get him some time in the ring on a level where it matters, but also not also have an out in case he totally bombs. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I also think that it'd be useful to have Taz not be on air sure. as anything other than a broadcast. I agree. I agree keep him on the desk, but yeah. keep him out of the shit. I mean, it, it was, it's cool with the discourse with him and punk right now, but I think that's the end of it. And I think we're slowly seeing the disillusion plus CM punk gets to end team Taz. Yeah, I think that's a, and that's a massive thing, especially CM Punk being the ECW guy, essentially like, I mean, from, I mean, he said it several times. I mean, he literally was almost in ECW right before they folded. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, especially Taz with Heyman and everything. I don't know. There's so much, I, I think the team Taz angle with CM Punk is a really good idea for starting him back into a fresh company. Gives all those guys a rub. They're all young and also is a great way to kind of feed him some wins because I think he's going to be AEW champion by the end of next year. Write that down too. Okay, well, I just want to – honestly, I mean, of course, I think CM Punk's going to win, too. I just want to yeah. see him versus Ricky Starks. That's what I really want to see. Of course. Oh, I think that's, where they're, that's what they're building to, yeah. That's the match that I'm waiting for. And then he's going to beat him, uh, so, and that's what's going to dissolve Team Taz. That's so that's our main solve. event. So, But the lights-out match, which is going to be after the main event, is Eddie Kingston and our least favorite wrestler on this show – John Moxley going up against the legend of Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer of Suzuki Goon. And I mean, my heart says Lance Archer and uh, Minoru Suzuki, but booking and AEW says, you know, they're, you know, John Moxley and Kingston are going to win. But I'm still going to go, uh, I'm going to go Suzuki and Archer in my heart. That's dumb. Uh, it's going to be Moxley. Well, what are you, what are you going on paper, Wes? <laughs> and pa- on paper, I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, Moxley. And, I mean, Moxley and Kingston, because it's fucking yeah. obvious. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, so obviously me too. So the rest of what we're, I mean, we own, we all had the exact same things, except for on the very first match, Daniel has one different pick. And other than that, we all picked the same. So this won't be very interesting. <laughs> I picked I picked men of the year for number one, right? Yeah. So the opening match will determine. So, all right. So you guys listening now, right now, in your car, whatever you're doing, driving home before Rampage happens. Um, men of the year. If, if men of the year don't win this opening match, then I'll have to do something ridiculous at their, at their, at their choosing. Okay. That's how we're going to start doing these like little Rampage things. Whoever loses by the most we'll have to do, you know, something ridiculous. So let's, uh, let's see what happens guys. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm really excited about it. And I know that 
you know, we're, we're debating changing up a little bit of the format for season four. Season three has been a long time coming now. We've been doing it for almost a year. And I am uh, I'm excited. There's, uh, you know, AEW is single handedly breathing new life into current professional wrestling. Um, I'm here for it for sure. I'm a, a big fan of what's going on and I want to talk about it more. So um, we're, we're thinking about kind of changing things. This this us moving to Fridays is the first step towards that. Um, and as soon as we know more concrete information about, you know, what we're going to be doing, we will uh, we will let you guys know. But I do know for sure what next week will be. And this is also a little bit different than what we normally do around here. Um, Jesse, Jesse, hit him with it. What do you got? Mr. Booker, man, what do we have next week? Well, you know, I, I, I might have I might be calling an audible on air and I wonder if it's a, a little bit off, but I think it might even be sort of appropriate. So obviously we have WWE Extreme Rules 2021 coming yeah. up. But I wonder, given what we just talked about, should we originally it was going to be Hell in a Cell 2011. And to be yeah. honest, it's because I love what happened when with Tony Schiavone so much more when they cover shitty shows. But that was ultimately vetoed. So I wonder, and we made a couple of different picks, but yeah. I wonder if we should cover Rampage. Should we cover Rampage? Ooh. The other half of the AEW Grand Slam. I'm down for it. This is literally me putting everybody on the spot on air right now, alternatively to a different plan that I already made notes for. So <laughs> I'm down for it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So next week, before um, the preceding um, Rampage, uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. Um, And I'm calling it now. The Demon wins the championship. Oh, at Extreme Rules? Yep. I'm calling it now. I think you're right, actually. I think it's short term. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's short term, but the Demon wins. The Demon can't lose, and if WWE doesn't want to fucking lose their footing, don't let the Demon lose. Yeah, and they need need something to stir it up, and I think that, yeah, the Demon winning is a big thing for them merchandise-wise, too, and uh, you can easily drop the title back to Roman Reigns on a television, which would actually spike your ratings. Exactly. Um, Once the pop, it makes sense. And then Finn Balor would lose the title and not the Demon, which is, I don't know, you you can can run with that for a while. I actually, listen, I mean, the best, regardless of uh, of how we all feel about WWE, it's well documented. We're not fans of what they're doing right now, period. Um, but it, it's inarguable that when Vince has no competition, his shit starts to suck. It, it, I mean, that's how it's always been. And when it, when he does have competition, he gets better. And I do think that, like, that's the thing. Listen, right? Like, I, I've said it a couple times here. Like, I think AEW is single-handedly saving professional wrestling. But I also think WWE has no choice but to get better or die. And so we're either, I'm either going to enjoy watching it die or I'm going to be hype about seeing WWE come back to form and try to really compete and become a better company. You know what I mean? I'm with it. I get it. I, I was excited initially when I saw them revamping NXT until I watched it. But, oh. um, you know, here's another thing I wonder. So we were so uniform on AEW Rampage. Yeah. And now that we are also covering that episode in our next week's edition of K-Fabe Comparisons, for prediction's sake, do we want to make quick predictions on Extreme Rules? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Why not? We can do that, and then that can determine the winner overall on the show. Yeah, I love it. Probably be I a love little it. bit different. 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. So Jesse, run down the card. What do we got you for Extreme Rules? Yeah, I got uh, – it's a little bit more top to bottom, I think. But here's the deal. Yeah. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Uh, they're not going to put the title right back on Belair. They're going to run with this Becky thing, whether that's a smart decision or not. I'm not sure yet. Uh, it could be, actually. I'm not a complete um, naysayer on that idea, but I'm going to say Becky Lynch. Me too. I'm going with Becky Lynch. They're giving her this little Hollywood bullshit gimmick right now. She kind of looks sick, like Charlotte Flair to it's, me recently. It's for Rick some Flair. Reason. It's, they're giving her the Ric Flair. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. She's but being I'm just Rick saying Flair. she looks sick. Like she, Her and both Charlotte both look like they've like lost weight in a bad way. Like... She had a kid. She's trying to bounce that back. That means she should have gained weight, not lost weight. Doesn't make sense, but okay. Yeah, you work out, your body works different, dude. I mean, yeah. her face. Both of their faces look sickly. I don't know what's what's going on, but, but just you're going specifically, Lynch. every other, all the other women's wrestlers look the same. But you're just going those Lynch. two. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Becky. Going okay. Becky. Becky, I'm going Becky, Becky. Because You're I going Bel Air. Right. I'm going Bel Air because I think it's going to factor into the draft, which happens the following week. The uh, Reigns, Roman Reigns, the head of the table versus the confirmed demon, Finn Balor, for the WWE Universal Championship. Demon. Yeah, I'm going Demon. I'm going Reigns. All right. Okay. WWE Women's Raw Championship. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. This is see, I I think I'm thinking about the draft as well, but I think, I think I'm thinking a little bit differently than that Lily, that yeah, fucking Lily bullshit. Go on, Bliss here. Man, we're on a trend. We're on a train, fellas, because we're going the exact. Op- I'm the only outlier on all of these. I'm going Charlotte. The WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos versus the Street Profits. Going Usos. If if uh, especially if I have Roman Reigns do it, I guess so. I guess this is why Jesse would probably me and Jesse are probably different. But I mean, I think if the Demon wins the title, the Usos retain uh, to kind of keep the family tribe going and strong. Um, so I got to go Usos here. Wax, where you at? Yeah, definitely Usos too. I mean, I don't really watch enough of SmackDown to know where the Street Profits are even at on the card right now. But I know the Bloodline's real big deal, so they're going to yeah. keep them. I'm, I'm, I went the other way yet again. <laughs> Draft stuff. And uh, I, I mean, so, I mean I, that makes sense though. If, if Roman Reigns keeps the title, the tag team titles changing is not mm-hmm. as important. I yeah, I get that. I think we're just on. Yeah, I agree. I, I see where you're coming from, Jesse. I could easily be on your side, Jesse. I'm just seeing it. Yeah, me too. I understand. Yeah, we're we're so far removed from the current product that I feel like too. So it's all wild guesses. <laughs> yeah, I mean I haven't been watching goddamn things. <laughs> the um. WWE United States Championship. Current champion Damian Priest versus Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy in a triple threat match. Mm. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to say Jeff Hardy wins the title here. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm going to go with it, too. That's my gut. Hardy party. Jeff Hardy. (laughs) I got to say, I actually think you guys are right because of the backlash they got for putting him in that fucking 24-7 title segment after beating Karrion Cross. clean. And they saw that he was over on Twitter, and they care yeah. about that now. It's no, it's obvious. I'm still going I'm still going Priest, though. Uh, like, I just Definitely not Seamus. Definitely not Seamus. <laughs> yeah, of course nah. not. I just think that they're trying to uh, – I, I think that they're trying to put the bug behind Priest, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. But I don't think they have room to do it in another way right now. 
So, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But Who has uh, the Intercontinental title right now? Does anybody know? I don't fucking know. Ah! There's right. not a match for it on this card. Well, this what I've got. Who's uh, Big E facing? I don't know. We'll get there. Let's keep it going. Oh, no. This is all I got, except for Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Wait, Big E's not on the show? He's got to be on the show. I don't say, look, I'm going off the card that I pulled up, bro. Right, so what, what was it? Liv Morgan versus who? Carmella. All right, I'm going Liv. They're trying to give her a push. I've noticed that lately. And it's like all of, by the way, all of this, guys, is just me being on Twitter. Like, I just noticed I, what WWE pushes out and what they don't. And it, I notice who they're pushing and who they're not. And so to me, I've literally made my list. Is it going to be Bobby that. Lashley and Big E? So originally they were going to do a triple threat at Extreme Rules is what the fucking rumor was. And then they did it on Raw after the Bloodline versus a New Day. Well, then I feel like Lashley could claim that he didn't get his actual direct re- rematch. It was but not. That was their go home. Right. Uh, well, oh, really? Yeah. That was and, yeah, and that's a Raw title. Fuck, I don't right? know. And that's a Raw title, too, isn't it? Well, I say Carmella. <laughs> that's my pick. Carmella's my pick for that Carmella match. All right, so this is the only one where, Wes, you're the outlier on this one, because I went live, too. Um, I'm going to yeah, say I mean, Big E gets the match, and I'm going to say he's actually in the main event. I'm giving him I'm giving him the the, the win. I think they're going to run the ball with Big E for a while. I agree. I don't know if he's on the fucking show. How do you put how do you put Biggie over as the champion and you don't put him on the show? How is that they're possible? Gonna, they're just gonna have him come out and dance. Uh, I think they might be selling the. Uh, I think they might be. Mm, yeah, just, what, I will be shook if he's not on the show. That's bullshit. I mean, right now that's seven matches. We're talking about WWE. Eight, nine, ten are very normal for them. I mean, the last few have been about that way. I'm trying to look and see if I see any updates to any of this shit. But, like, I got to be honest, guys. Uh, everything I Googled, that's the most card that I got. Big E Extreme Rules. 2021. I haven't seen nothing either. Yeah, there's nothing here. Wow. How do you not put Big E? How do you not put Big E on? You know what I bet it is? Is they're trying to save every fucking ounce of that feud for... Well, that doesn't make sense either. Because Peacock's fucking owned by NBC. I think they're going to wait for... The, I think it's actually probably going to end up being Big E and Brock before it's Roman and Brock. Um, in my opinion. But we'll see. That makes see. sense, Time too. Will Time will tell. Ooh, what if Brock partially cost Roman this title? They run with that, and both of them go to Raw, and then that's how that feud gets started. I mean, it makes sense. The Lashley situation's got to be somewhat of, like, I mean, oh, it's not dude. a off, but, Big like. E, Reigns, Lesnar, and a triple threat does sound really enticing to me, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. That sounds and, like a fun match. And you put Balor on Fox, which is more the style of the competing show right yes, now. Yes, yes. Like, Balor, yeah. Balor's got his own star. Balor Rollins, play. dude. You have plenty of heels in that yeah. company for him to work against. Balor but, Rollins, I love that. Yeah, love it. Let's let's make it happen. Okay, boys. Well, you know what? We got a lot of time. We got a lot of time. We got a lot of things going on here. The show is changing. We're moving to Fridays, the beginning of your weekend. You know, your drive home, your prime time, your rush hour. Listen to a little kayfabe comparisons right before you watch Rampage. 
We're going to have so much fun, guys. We're going to have so much fun. I'm super, super excited about it. We're at least going to make Rampage picks um, every single week. We're definitely going to at least talk about Dynamite. I'm not sure exactly how much, um, just depending on the day that we can lock down to record. But a lot of changes are coming soon, guys. A lot of changes are coming soon. And maybe even maybe even before the new year, maybe even, maybe even for the holidays, we can look forward to a, a season four of KFAB Comparisons. Maybe some new music. Maybe some new branding. Maybe some new images. Maybe we'll have a is, song with lyrics with me and Daniel singing together. That is definitely not going to happen. But I can tell you this. We might have a new design. I'm loving it. Guys, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on all your socials except for TikTok. Be sure to follow us there because we're honestly more active there these days than pretty much anywhere else. It's at kfabe.com pod. I'm loving it there. It's having a good time. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak on all my socials or Daniel John Schaefer on Facebook. Jesse, where can folks find you? At Jesse Baker on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me in person on weekends at Hurry Back on Elliston Place, right next door to the legendary Exit N, sometimes at the end. And if you really want to chase me down, sometimes at a hotel. Ooh, very nice. Wex, give him the script, baby. Let's take us home. Hey, you can catch your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Loss and on pretty much all your social medias except for Twitter. It's just Wex Breaking Dug because I couldn't fit the loss in part. But you guys know what it is. And of course, you got to follow the Kayfabe Com Pod on everything Twitter, YouTube. And we're definitely going to get some get some video clips from this one on YouTube for sure. Hell yeah. We're, we're going to have more YouTube clips popping up soon. So uh, look for the clips, look for the podcast, look for all that shit. Love it, love it, love it. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Hey, we'll see you